So if you were here, you know it was just, it's been a blessing. And as I was kind of preparing, I knew that I had the week after the Gregoriches, and it kind of felt a little bit like being in a talent show and going after Frank Sinatra, you know, a little bit. Um, I knew they were going to come. I knew it was going to be multiple meetings. I knew it, God was going to do great things. And it's just like, I, I kind of had the thought in my mind, what more do you say? Like, what, what more do you talk about? There were so many foundational things spoken and healing ministered in those weeks. And it's so cool how God works because as I had conversations with people throughout the week leading up to this weekend, I kind of got bits and pieces of what God wanted to share. And the, the word that he spoke to my heart, the kind of the center of the entire message is remain. Remain. How do we remain? Right? We've, we've been ministered healing this past week. We've learned the foundations of faith and that we're made in the image of Christ and the spirit of, of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Now, how do we keep up with that? How do we remain um, with Christ? And so what does it mean to remain? It means to stay or to continue to possess. To continue to possess. And the Bible has a lot to say about remaining. And so you may be familiar with the scripture that we're getting ready um, to read uh, it's pretty short today, a few scriptures, a few points. I like being very, very practical. I like something that you can take home and do, something that you can actually see applying to your life. And so we're going to talk about that today, and then we're actually taking up communion together as a family at the end. But John 15, 3 through 8, this is kind of where I want to start today. John 15, 3 through 8 says, you are, already, you are already clean because the word I have spoken to you, here's that word, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains connected to the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, God, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Remain. So this, this image of remaining is us ever being connected to God. And we see that at the beginning of Scripture when he made Adam and Eve that God came down and what did he do? He walked with them in the cool of the day. See, God doesn't even like super hot weather. He's like, forget that. Let's walk at the end of the day when it's cool, it's breezy, we got some sweet tea, like let's do it then, right? But he comes down and he wants to fellowship. He wants to walk with his creation. And then from there he asks us to remain in him. And this tells me two things. One, God never stops pursuing us. And if there's a disconnection from the vine, it's on my part. Right? What separates us from God? Sin. Right? Sin in our life separates us from God. So God never stops pursuing his creation. And if there's a problem, there's a disconnect from the vine and the branches, and I'm not producing fruit in my life, it's somewhere on my end of things. Why? Because God's telling us, remain in me and I will remain in you, and then you will bear fruit. It's a promise. We will bear God's fruit in our lives if we choose to remain in him. So remaining has meanings all across the board. Healing, prosperity, forgiveness of sin, peace, love. All that comes 
from the life source of Jesus, the spiritual life source for us, where if we're tapped into it, that stuff, peace, healing, love, forgiveness, all that stuff comes from remaining with Christ. If you know anything about vines on trees, they do two things. They support the tree. Sometimes they're planted and they grow in rocky ground. Vines do two things. They, they bring uh, nutrients to the tree and they support the tree. And what's he saying? I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you want support and nourishment, lean into me. Remain in me. Healing, love, forgiveness of sins, peace, all this stuff stems from remaining in me. And uh, Tuesday at our staff meeting, we kind of pray a little bit before. And Pastor Brooke encouraged us to something that I think is very timely. And it really ties into this whole thought of remaining. And it was this. There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You can have a relationship with somebody, but you're not going to fellowship with everybody. Amen? There's loud chewers. There's people that scrape their teeth on the fork when they eat, right? You don't really want to fellowship, right, with those type of people. There's some things that you just, you're just not going to connect with everybody in a deep way, but you may have a relationship with them. And so with God, it's the same way. We can experience a relationship with God, but not be in fellowship or remaining in him. Amen. We get busy or sin in our life, whatever it is, but it stops us from having true fellowship with Christ. And fellowship is that deep connection. Wouldn't it be sad if in our marriages we had a relationship, right? We had a, a piece of paper that said we were married, but we never had fellowship. And if that sounds good to you, we got a whole nother series on marriage coming up. But we need to have relationship and fellowship. It's a deeper connection with God. And we, not only do we need that deep connection with God, we need that deep connection with godly people. And so God kind of laid a, uh, a thing on my heart. This is either going to work really well or it's going to crash and burn this morning. But I have a couple of guys that I am consistently in fellowship with in my life. And so we're going to call them right now and see if they pick up. Because one of the things about being in fellowship is there's really no time or distance. Those fellowship people, they're right there along with you. And when you're in pursuit of them, they're in pursuit of you. So this is either going to be a really good object lesson or you guys can make fun of me later. But we can try this first one. And I even have a different one for second service so nobody thinks I'm cheating, okay? Let me see. Give it a shot. Ah, different time zone. We're good. Three rings in. Here we go. How you doing, man? I'm uh, just uh, doing, uh, being a single dad all weekend. Being That's a single dad all weekend? Nice. I'm a little tired. I'll That's all right. Hey, man, I thank you for uh, answering and not making me look stupid in front of everybody. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. All right, man, I'll catch you later. I love you. Do you need to talk? You need nope, to I'm good, man. Day? I'll call you this afternoon. I just needed you to answer. That's all. Oh, okay. All right, I love you, man. All right. See you. <laughs> Matthew's one of those guys that when you call him, you need to set aside an hour. Like, we just talk and we get into deep things really, really quickly. And so I could tell he was already revving up to talk about things going on in his life. So that's the type of connection that we need with God. That call anytime, anywhere, because what does his word promise? I want to read this scripture to you. James 4, 7, it says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free from you, fr flee from you, 
free... Ugh, hello, let me read that again. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And what's this promise? He will draw near to you. The king of the universe that made everything pursues you, pursues me every day. And it's reciprocated. We press into him. He leans back into us. How cool is that? That's fellowship. But when the leaning into God is gone from our side, he can't reciprocate it. That's what he's saying. Resist the devil, which is what we've been doing all week. We've been talking about healing. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. Hello, if you weren't here a couple of weeks ago for uh, Frank's message on load another rock, right? Just wallop the devil with the word, amen, over and over and over again. That is what's available to us, but it takes draw near to me and I will promise to draw near to you. Fellowship versus relationship. What area of your life are you not in fellowship with God? Because deep fellowship is an ongoing pursuit of the other party. An ongoing pursuit. Here's the thing. We will never stand for our healing without reliance on God. Without reliance on God. We won't keep it. We won't keep the ground that we've won without a fellowship with the Father. Why? Because greater is he who's in me than he who is in the world. But if I don't have conversation and a fellowship with the one that's in me, how do I know what comes along with knowing him and being a child of God and being a child of faith? How do I know what's available to me if I'm not pressing in to who he is? Fellowship. Fellowship. I want to read that scripture one more time. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God meets our pursuit with the pursuit of his own. Press into him. Press into him. When we talk about remaining, uh, Pastor Pat said this week as we were having a conversation that it reminded him of maintenance. You know, they're like vehicles and houses and things that just need ongoing maintenance in life, right? Things that, that you just got to take care of. My wife and I just replaced a hot water heater or a water heater in our house. And the old one, uh, we're, we're renting. And the old one, it had probably been there 20 years. Like we went to move it. The rusted bottom fell out of it and lime went all over our kitchen. It was just a bad situation because the lack of ongoing maintenance on it caused it to get to that point. So we know that to maintain, we have to do maintenance on our spirits. And so it brought me to, if you want to go ahead and throw that picture of the car up, there's a gentleman that had a car that he drove for 3.2 million miles. Million miles. There's nothing original in the car except the body. They replaced things as he went. But ongoing maintenance, how many of you guys can't remember the last time you changed your oil? Right? If, you're, if we're honest, right? The ongoing maintenance allowed for him to get a lot of mileage out of a really cool car. 3.2 million. Could you imagine that? 3.2, he used to drive it all the way across the United States and go to car shows and different things like that and show because it was the world record for the most miles put on a car ever. And when they asked him how he did it, it was just maintenance. I changed the oil out here. I replaced the, the fluid here. I put a new clutch in it here. It was this ongoing maintenance that allowed him to get to that point. So what does it look like for us to remain and maintain what God's done in our lives this week? I'm going to leave you with three very, very, very simple things with some scripture to back it up. Number one, know the word and meditate on it. You heard a lot of word this week. 
a lot of word. You heard a lot of scripture that, that showed what is yours through Christ and, and what uh, healing being ministered looks like, where it comes from in the scripture. Does God still heal today? There's a ton of scripture that we learn today. We need to take a hold of it, know it, and meditate on it. Because when we meditate on it, then it becomes revelation to us. The things that we think on become the words that we say. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We become what we spend our time thinking about. So is it scripture? Are we meditating on the words of Christ? Are we, are we quoting that in our mind? Are we saying it with our mouth? Are we spending time meditating on it? And I love this scripture, Psalm 103, 2 and 3 that goes with this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's benefits for knowing God. There's benefits in being a son and a daughter and being in fellowship with God. And what are those? They're healing. They're peace. There's all that stuff that's available to us through fellowship that we talked about earlier. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and who heals all your diseases. So it's knowing, it's having a revelation of what's ours through Christ. What's ours through Christ? As a son and a daughter of God, what is given to you from the Father? Know God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. We got one of those uh, USB drives that they were selling out at the product table. There's like 30 hours of healing messages on that thing. And I'm like, if you can listen to that and meditate on that and, and not come out, changed and transformed, right? That's on you. There's a ton there. So I encourage you, we have all the recordings from all of the sessions that we had here at the church. So if you guys want those, we'll make them for you. They're available on our website and on uh, Apple Podcasts, anything like that. But get God's perspective on it and meditate on the word. Even Jesus said that he didn't speak his own words, but what did he do? He spoke the words of the Father. Amen. And so, number two there, play offense, not defense. Play offense, not defense. Take the fight to the enemy. Because the moment that we let up our pursuit of the things that are claimed for us by God, the enemy will come against that in our life. And a lot of times, it happens right after that was ministered to us. So if you received healing, you were ministered healing this past week, I'm sure that you had opportunities this week to doubt what happened. Opportunities this week to fall back into normal life, right? What happened uh, before, what life was like before that was ministered to you? Because the moment that God does something, the enemy attacks. And so if we're playing defense all the time and we don't come at him with scripture and the word, right? The word is a sword, it says in the Bible. If we don't come at him and play offense... He may get a, a, a crack, a stronghold in our life. And so I love what the scripture says about the power of the tongue. And if you're married, you know the power of a tongue. It can take a good day and turn it real bad real quick if you don't talk to your spouse the right way, right? I think we've all experienced that. It's like night and day and bam, one second, days changed forever. And the Bible knew that a long time before we did. And it says this in James, or sorry, Proverbs 18.21. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Are you speaking life into yourself and death to the enemy with your tongue or is it flipped? Are the words that we speak out of our mouth, are they offensive? Devil, no weapon formed or fashioned against me will prosper. That's what the word says. 
the thing that the enemy means for evil, God's going to turn around for good. I know the thoughts and plans that God has for me. They're of good, not evil, to give us a future and a hope. Are we using the scripture that has been, in the first uh, point, meditated on? Are we speaking it out of our mouth as a weapon against the enemy so that we can remain and maintain what God has been doing in our life? Life and death's in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Which means the things that you're going to speak, your life is going to become. Are you speaking the right things? Are we speaking the right things? Are we speaking God's perspective? Or are we leaning on our own understanding? And the last one here, you can probably just put a mirror up right here because I'm just going to preach this to myself. Because as I was putting this together, I'm like, man, you're right, God. I need to get a new perspective on this. And the third one is this right here. Take care of your temple. Take care of your temple. You want to be, we've been ministered health, right, healing this week. If you want to remain in divine health, we've got to take care of the one body that God has given us. It's not, Lord, make this Twinkie nourishing as it goes down, please, in the name of Jesus. Turn this chimichanga into broccoli in my throat, please. Give me the nourishment from this chimichanga that I need. Listen, over there at the Mexican restaurant, we go down there and eat several times as a staff. And I just want everything smothered in queso. Is there anybody else in here that just loves queso? If there was like communion that was queso and chips, like I'd be, I'd be perfect. I'd go to that church all the time. Right. But we have to take care of what God has given us because there is natural laws that we are just subject to. The law of gravity is one that outside of a miracle from God's hand, there's probably none of us in here that are going to jump off the top of the church and land safely in the parking lot. Gravity works. And we are subject to the law of gravity. It's the same thing. Calories only work one way. It's unfortunate because anything that has calories and all that stuff tastes really, really good. Remember, I'm preaching to myself. There's a mirror right here. I'm looking right at Cody. It only works one way. And so we talked about a few weeks ago when we discussed fasting was the power of natural things to unlock supernatural things in our life. I believe if we're obedient to take care of the temple that God has given us, and let's read the scripture real quick so we get some context. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you. The Holy Spirit resides in us whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with your body. Honor and glorify God with what he's given you. With what he's given you. There's some things in the natural that we can do that doesn't fight against the health and healing that God wants to minister in our lives. It's that simple. And how amazing in it that God would step down in the middle of our mess this past week, those who administered healing, that whether we got ourselves into that situation or it was a sickness or a back problem that came upon us, regardless, that God would step down in the middle of our mess and it still minister healing. Right, So there's not a shame in it. God's saying, I'll meet you right where you're at. But on top of the supernatural moves of the Spirit that God does, He also gives us very natural things that we can live by 
that don't make our life worse. Right? That don't make our life worse. And so that chocolate cake that I'm thinking about right now, it probably needs to go. Because my body's a temple bought for a price, purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and paid for. Therefore, honor God with your body and spirit. It does not get much clearer than that, does it? It's like, hello, Cody, wake up. There are things that we can do naturally that help us walk in health as well. So what are the three things that we spoke about? Know God's word. Meditate on God's word. Get it deep down on the inside of you and then use it, number two, as a weapon against the enemy. A weapon against the enemy. Oftentimes in my life, God works like giving me a certain scripture that I'll meditate on for a while until it becomes revelation to me. So maybe that's how God will work in your life. Find a scripture. If you were ministered healing this week, find a scripture. Write it down. Put it somewhere simple for you to see. Make it the background on your phone. If you got a smartphone and you want to do that or you know how to do that, whatever, put it on there. Just find a way to work it into the routine of your life. Meditate on it. Then use it as a weapon against any. Be on the offense. I found the best times to, to speak God's promises and his word over my life is in the morning in the shower. I don't know what would work for you guys, but there's just something about that time there. You're finally getting woke up. If I, I No telling what I would say in between my bed and the shower if I tried to get there, but there's something about the hot water. You're starting to wake up for the morning, and it's, God, I thank you that no weapon formed or fashioned against me will prosper today. I go offensively at the enemy. So meditate on it. Let it become revelation. Speak it out of your life. And the third one, take care of your temple. What is it in your life that you can adjust and change? A natural thing that you can do that helps you hold on to the supernatural healing that God ministered this week. The faith that was brought forth. And if you don't know, pray about it. God, what is that in my life? Show me. That's the thing about being in fellowship versus relationship with God is it's not only what it says here in the Word. There's so many good things. But when you're in fellowship with God, you can then have a conversation with Him about an area of your life. Right? It's not just the words written here, but it's God. Hey, you know, you, you know that I really like Ghirardelli chocolate, God. Right? Amen. Or Lindor truffles, those little balls. Goodness gracious, those things are so good. God, you know. What does the word say? We don't serve a high priest that's distant from us, but we serve one who knows what we're going through so we can come boldly to the throne of grace. There's grace there. Fellowship with God is not this hierarchy of like, I'm coming in, I need to cover myself before the king. It's him saying, come boldly to the throne of grace. Let me show you how to life and to walk this thing out. So go to God if you don't know. But meditate on his word, be offensive with the word of God, and take care of your temple. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you so much for your word, the simplicity of your word. It's, like, it's all right there, and sometimes it just doesn't connect. So God, I thank you for just the clarity and the simplicity of your word. I pray that it would get down on the inside of us, that it would not just be something that we hear, Father God, but it would be something that becomes revelation to us, Lord. And as we move forward in this series of over-the-counter, Father God, as you've ministered healing to us, let us take a stance of authority over the enemy. 
God, may we take a stance of offense over the enemy. We're offensive. We're coming at him. We're not going to let him sneak by. We're not going to let him steal, kill, or destroy what's been given to us through your word and through your spirit this week, Father God. We declare that what you've ministered to us will become revelation to us, Father. We declare that. It's ours. We receive it this week. And we're not going back. We've taken some ground in the area of healing this week. We're not going back. We refuse to give it up. Why? Because you have good plans for us. We want the life that you want for us, Father. So we lean more into that fellowship with you. And we stand our ground in faith saying, what was ministered this week, we will not go backwards, Father. We thank you so much for your love and your kindness today, Lord. And just your presence in our lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen.